Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This morning, we encounter the rich young ruler. We know him as the rich young ruler because we can put together Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we get a composite picture of this man who comes seeking to have eternal life. We're used to, with this particular encounter, to emphasize the rich aspect of this young ruler. But I'd like to emphasize the ruler part of this rich young ruler. For behind his riches, there's a deeper problem. The father's have for us a great word, prelest, which means delusion. The rich young ruler lived in great delusion, completely out of touch with the reality of God and what eternal life is. So let's go through the passage and discover the different aspects of his self-delusion. So he comes to Jesus. The rich young ruler says, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus replies to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The challenges of self-deception, of delusion, is how puffed up, warped we are and how we see not only ourselves, others, but of course then God and what comes from God. Notice what the rich young ruler wants to have. What does he want to have? Eternal life. You're probably focused on, he's, he's going for a good thing. He wants eternal life. But he wants to have eternal life. The rich young ruler wants to have something. You can see that he's gone through his collections. He's gone through his uh, maybe tax-deductible items or things that he's written off. Or his maybe even donations to the temple. They didn't have a tax system like that. It was much simpler back then. But you can see the naivete here. I'm going to go find a teacher that I've heard about, this Jesus. He hasn't really connected the dots yet. Messiah. He just heard, this is a good teacher. He'll have a way for me to get eternal life so that I can have it. On one hand, I kind of want to make this is a naivete. This is... How could he expect to have, like he's going to go out and purchase eternal life? But this is what delusion does. It warps you. It thinks that you can go out and master eternal life. Jesus, of course, starts his correction. And I encourage you at every encounter in the gospel to think about yourself in the position of the one who is seeking the healing or seeking out Jesus, but also 
pay close attention to what our Lord says. Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. He's basically telling him, you still haven't really connected the dots here. (laughs) If you're coming to me as a teacher, you need to actually come to me as God, as others have come in faith and been healed. And Jesus tells him, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Jesus is already starting to pry apart the delusion, trying to introduce to him, you can't have it. You can enter into it, but it's not something that you can go out and just get. Rich young ruler hasn't caught on yet. Spoiler alert, he he doesn't catch on, okay? He says, which ones? Which commandments? You can see he's already got the spreadsheets out. He's already thought about this. What am I, how am I going to get the command? Which commandments? How am I going to get this eternal life? So Jesus says to him, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. A smattering of the Ten Commandments. Young man, he's familiar with this. He's heard this from his youth up, right? So he says, well, all these things I've kept from my youth. What do I lack? Part of delusion by this kind of naivete or maybe not even understanding is a superficial understanding of things because of how warped one's mind gets. We have a completely superficial, a shallow understanding of holiness and what God's commandments entail. Sure, he's never actually killed someone. But has he plotted out that in his heart? Sure, he's never committed adultery. But has he lusted after someone else? He's never stolen anything. In in fact, he's paid above the average market price. But he's constantly trying to find ways to cheat the system. You shall not bear false witness. And yet, he consistently tries to find ways to wiggle out of things, to be able to say things in a slant. Is his heart completely blameless? He lacks nothing. He's kept all of the commandments. What a superficial understanding. At heart of it, it's who do you think God is? Is this a business transaction? Is this a game? Jesus continues because he wants to push on this delusion. If you want to be perfect... He's upping things. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. One of the outcomes of self-deception, of delusion, is that we become very, very satisfied with ourselves and our own level of righteousness. 
And an easy path to that self-satisfaction with where we're at is a kind of legalism, which basically means low-level perfection. And I'll say perfection here. You know, I didn't murder anybody. I've never committed the act of adultery. I have not actually stolen from somebody outright, you know, in the open market, just picked something up, or gone into a store, you know, just put something in my pocket. I've never bore false witness. I honor my father and mother. I, you know, I send them a Mother's Day card. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I've, I've never done anything to my neighbor. So, I'm all right. I'm doing good. But our Lord says, if you want to be perfect, what typically happens when we self-justify and feed our delusion, we give ourselves perfection without the cross. We give ourselves cheap grace. We allow the depth to not be plumbed. We just skirt over the surface. Or this can go a different direction. A more current malady, I think, with self-justification is that we can justify the shallowness or this righteousness that we have accounted for ourselves as if God does not actually desire perfection or actual change, transformation, or actual repentance. That just sending up a prayer once a week, just coming to service, that's where we're at, and that's it. And not just that we're there and we're not happy about that and we want to grow, but we've got to that place and we say, I fulfilled, I'm done. Delusion comes from a web of sin. The fathers talk about how the sins, the passions are all deeply interconnected to one another. It's a deep web. And this is something I think I know I myself discovered within myself through confession. Confession is one of those sacraments that especially is there to help us, to aid us, to go beyond the surface, to dig deep, to start to see how everything in our life, the things that we struggle with, are connected to each other. St. Nikolai of Zicha, as he preached on this particular passage, he in fact sees in the rich young ruler in his sin of valuing this world and his possessions over heaven that he's actually committed all of the commandments that he thought that he'd actually kept. St. Nikolai tells us the rich young ruler committed murder because he pampered his body and was luxuriating within himself, killing his soul. He committed adultery Because the soul is intended for God as a bride. But the soul occupied with worldly riches and worldly things commits adultery against God. 
This man stole because St. Nikolai tells us that if we steal from the soul for the body's benefit, we do not steal time, care, or toil away from the soul, and we give them to the body. A man who is outwardly rich generally becomes inwardly desperate. And generally, and St. Nikolai is careful about this, generally, though not always, because the problem is not in the possessions per se, but in the way in which the possessions possess us. And generally, though not always, all the riches that the outer man has are a result of robbing the inner man. A fat body means a thin soul. A luxurious bodily apparel means inner nakedness. Outer brilliance means inner darkness. External strength means inner helplessness. The rich young man, the rich young ruler, was also guilty of lying. Do not in any way, St. Nikolai tells us, justify love for riches and the neglect of your soul, for this is a true distortion of God's truth and a false witness before God and your conscience. Just a word about your conscience. God gave you a conscience so that when it pricks you, when it sets the alarm off, you listen to it. Because over time, we can just turn it off and it just stops alarming. Honor father and mother. When we do not give respect and honor to someone else, but only to ourselves, we give honor to those that have brought us into the world. That is how we should relate to them. But the rich young ruler acts as if he is a self-made man. He doesn't need his father and mother. He doesn't need anyone else. He does not love his neighbor because the lower school of, of practice in good teaches you to enter into the higher school of loving God. Loving our neighbor is the school where we learn how to love God. So love for our neighbor, for this love for our neighbor, saves us from self-love. Because it is self-love that brings us to perdition. Love others as yourself in order to discipline yourself. To bring yourself down to equality with others in your own eyes. Otherwise, pride that comes from riches will hold sway over you and cast you down into perdition, to hell. We've been focused on riches because we have before us the rich young ruler and the delusion that riches brought. But this is the same dangers and the same similar delusions that can come from pride or wrath or envy or lust, or gluttony, or slothfulness, to just name the other six capital sins. We have the rich young man turn away from Jesus in sorrow because he had great possessions. And so his disciples, they're confused. So they ask him, about who can be saved. For if it's hard, as our Lord has told them, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, how can anyone be saved? Jesus looks at them. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. If we, in hearing about the depth of the delusion of the rich young ruler, start to be cast into despondency, 
Do not fear. The Gospel of Mark tells us that Jesus, when he heard the rich young ruler, he looked at him and he loved him. The Lord looked into this naive, legalistic, superficial man and he loved him. Even in the midst of his delusion, even in the midst of being enraptured in the love of his possessions. God loved him. With men throwing off this delusion, throwing off the chains of being ensnared in the world, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We cannot save ourselves by being good, quote unquote. We cannot become holy by just squeaking in. We cannot have but we have to enter into eternal life. This means a complete and utter surrender to Jesus Christ. For on our own accord, on our own powers, we are ensnared, we are chained. But with God, all things are possible. This complete and utter surrender to Jesus Christ means that we need to study and obey the commandments of Jesus Christ. Memorize the Beatitudes. Yearn for and memorize the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Memorize those things so that you can then practice them. Choose one of those virtues from the Beatitudes. Choose one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and seek it out. The fathers tell us if we're entrapped, ensnared in a web of sins, we don't just try to cut that thing out but we try to replace it with something that is good. We need to constantly look into the mirror and behold ourselves. Scripture serves as a mirror, as the book of James tells us, that we look into and we behold ourselves. We actually see our faces. This is a way to undermine our delusions, is to have the objectivity the actual scriptures, the words before them, and judging ourselves, looking at ourselves within that. When we actually behold ourselves, when the Lord tells us, sell everything that you have and come and follow me, we're ready to drop everything and follow him. This is something that we practice day in, day out, complete abandonment to God ready to sacrifice anything for him. For with us, it's impossible. But with God, who loves us, even in the midst of the shackles that we have put on ourselves, with him, it is possible. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.